Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Yo, What the Hell, a show where two friends discover and talk about a smorgasbord of topics each week. Uh, hello again. My name is Bravo, and I am joined by my co-host, Whiskey. Nice. And uh, yeah, this week it's going to be the first part in a deep dive on George Washington, um, star of Alexander Hamilton. Uh, yeah, he's definitely the star, because, damn. Damn. Yeah, I mean, he had the best lines other than King George, in my honest opinion. I, that's true. King George, really, every time he came in there, like, everyone should just swoon and be like, oh, look at this English fuck. And yeah, like, no. Oh, I mean, why would we want to rebel against this guy? King George had the best, like... His part on the soundtrack was just, it's it's my favorite part. I, I put that shit on and just listen to it because it's so goddamn fun. Anyway, that is I like, neither. <laughs> I don't know. I would say the whole thing was pretty good and it helped a lot doing my um, upper education. So thank you. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, cast thank of you. Hamilton. You're a magical yes. people. <laughs> this episode was dedicated to the cast of Hamilton. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was probably the, one of the widest things we've done on this thing. So, um, yeah. Yep. Fuck. I feel like a 14 year old princess. So pretty I mean, good. Yeah, agreed. Like, same. And we I can order little stickers that princess. say my shot on them now and, like, get them from Etsy and put them everywhere like 14 year old princesses do. Yeah. I mean, homes among us. Um, but anyway, as I said. Uh, first look into George Washington is going to be a series thing, and uh, uh, Whiskey is going to take the lead on that, um, because it, this is his baby. Uh, and uh, by the way, we have stickers now. Uh, if you want one, you know, hit us up on Twitter or email the show and uh, send us your address, and we can send you one. And I feel like we got to take into account the you know, U.S. postal system is a treasure, and it is a great American idea, and we need to keep it. But, uh, yeah, so as I said, this is part one. Um, it's probably, what, like a five-part ordeal? Yeah, it's probably five. Um, it, what it'll break down to be is most likely we will do four parts about George Washington, maybe five if it becomes extremely long. And then we will do a, an extra at the end discussing the lives of three or so enslaved human beings at Mount Vernon. Um, I feel like we have to really tie that no matter how you end up feeling or already feel about George Washington, importantly, he still owned people. It's pretty fucked. Um, he thought it was kind of fucked. And we owe it to how interesting some of these human beings were and the fact that they just fucking existed to talk about them in whatever small detail that may end up being. Yeah. And um, real quick, I just want to say that um, our stickers were made by Singe Wavern. Uh, he's a good friend of the show. He did our logo. Uh, I know this is kind of out of order um, as I was just talking about it, but here we are. 
it, it'll be fun. It's it's fun to be out of order, I guess. Sometimes we we we've done worse things. We're gonna do worse things. Yeah, no, that is for sure. Like especially considering I read three books over a thousand page about George Washington, and people are gonna suffer. I suffered. So anyone who's foolish enough to listen to this is also going to suffer. I apologize, kind of. Way to sell it within the first five minutes of the show. Yeah. We are killing it. And we're also going to kill it by having another willing a brand into existence. Today we are willing the type of wine that is George Washington's favorite, was his favorite wine. It is a fortified port wine from, from the wonderful country of Portugal. It is called Madeira. Madeira is a very common port wine there and mr washington mr jefferson and a few other of these assholes in virginia would order this by the casket and i'm drinking it today cheers folks nice i am not drinking wine but uh what i have been doing is playing a fuck ton of monster hunter tell me about your sweet week of monster hunter sir Oh, man. Well, aside from battling an eye infection, that's all I've been doing is Monster Hunter. And I've already beaten the game um, somewhat. The credits rolled, so I count that as beating the game. Um, I, it's it's short. That's not, like, saying much. Like, I mean, I'm only, like, 60 hours into the game. So I barely scratched the surface. I made it to high rank which means nothing unless you play it, but monsters <laughs> get stronger, and it's it's real fun. Just been playing with the boys, uh, Mr. Toast and his partner, uh, just, you know, hanging out, making jokes at the monsters. Uh, I have found the best strategy is just yell, debate me, you coward, at the monster. <laughs> and uh, it works. They um, They run away in shame. And it makes it easier to catch them. Because they just don't want to debate you. Well, damn. They should. And my thing says they don't want to date you. And I guess they don't want to do that either. They should, though. I have pink hair. It's great. That's a valid argument. You've had pink hair before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. What is uh what is your week consisted of other than Washington research? Um well, I worked. Um I've been watching a lot of Dora Hedora Doro Hedoro. Um I read it a long time ago and I'm enjoying that Netflix picked it up. Um it's fun. It's only like a 13 episode long show. I'm mostly through it. I love it. I'm very happy. I like watching Alligator Man fight sorcerers. I mean is this King K. Rule just the anime? Um, think of King K. Rule on a buff man's body, and you're about halfway there. Instead of having like the dad bod, he has like um, UFC bod and lots of knives. So does he double as the mayor of Florida? No, I mean the hole's pretty bad. I guess it would be like. I don't know. It's more like let's take Detroit and make it everywhere in a big city. Like not good Detroit either. Like bad Detroit. The city has neglected Detroit. Why is this part of Detroit being left to this? Oh my God, city, do something. You pieces of shit, do something. But yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. 
Okay. Okay. I should check that out. I need to finish Megalobox too, especially with season two coming. I'm going to do my rewatch of that very soon and it's going to be glorious. And I may have a small chub for a lot of the show, but boxing. Yeah. I mean, really it's just an allegory for, you know, man fighting machines. And I feel like we could all, you know, use that in our lives. Yep. Anyway, we should probably get on to our main topic. Yeah. Yes, we should. Oh, before we get on, I have one thing to just tell the public. Um, today, a leak happened from Facebook, and I don't know, but I feel like this is a public service amount announcement. Half a billion users um, lost their information. Unfortunately, I was one of them. It's been a very it was that was a very annoying morning. I don't know how, but that people just took it from Facebook directly. So don't look at me like that. No one can. It's nobody's fault whenever hackers take it from the company themselves. What type of information? Because I haven't been on Facebook in years. Um, it's just you need to change your password because they stole like passwords and a bunch of shit. Luckily, I, I know people like my mother have money tied into Facebook, which is dumb as hell. Yeah, they have money. Don't don't you guys look at me like that. Um, and so I figured that's what people are fishing for when they stole these passwords, but. What people are doing is they're changing your email and all your account stuff to a dummy account so they can go through and rummage to see if they can steal steal anything from your data. Just change your passwords, people. Change the damn passwords. Oh, I guess I have to reactivate my account to change my password. <laughs> you're you're not the target audience. I mean, I'm being a, I'm doing, trying to do a nice PSA because I find shit like this annoying when I have to deal with it. So I'm sure other oh, people yeah. do too. I'm not trying to discount your PSA. I'm just more musing to myself, and it is being recorded. Fair enough. Let's wrap it up and go on. Okay. Here today, we're looking at the idea that a great that great American men have been placed on a pedestal. So when we discuss Mr. Washington today and the next time and probably the next time and possibly the next time, let us understand that this is something of a skimming of his career in order to remove his excellency from Mount Olympus, which Americans have placed him upon. We hope that by doing so, the semi-divine nature of George will be dispelled for at least a few folks. Furthermore, if the segment goes well, we might make it a recurring series that we do oh a few times a year or every you know once in a blue moon where we look at other great americans discuss their careers and highlight some terrible shit they did and while doing research on washington i found him to be simultaneously abhorrent in character and at times an unquestionable amazing fellow so he contains a multitude of gray, and that's just how it is. Now, for the sources for this, like, I, I've read a ton, but the main three that we're going to, that we used for putting this together are His Excellency George Washington by Joseph J. Ellis, um, You Never Forget Your First by Alexis Coe, and Buried Lives by Carla Kilroy McLaffery. 
I don't know why an Irish name is so hard for me to say, but there we are. Um, out of those three, I think the least interesting one to read is His Excellency George Washington. And I say that because it is very long. It is pretty academic in nature. Um, and it's written from a point by that you can tell the man is a old white man academic who is a big fanboy of George. Alexis Coe is pretty fantastic with You Never Forget Your First. So if you would like to actually read one of these books, that's the one uh, I would recommend. It's light, fun, informative, um, but not as deep dive as His Excellency. But it gives you a really solid picture. And Coe is interesting because she is a woman who is writing about George, which I have recently discovered is very rare. Very rare. And they're usually from, like, Virginia. Um, Buried Lives is also a very fantastic read, but it is a bit more bleak and less fun because it does discuss mostly the enslaved people at Mount Vernon. Really good, though. All right, that's on sources. We're going we're gonna to move on now, rolling this train down the tracks. I wish I had a train whistle. I still need to buy a train whistle and subject everyone to it. One day, folks, you'll hear a fucking train whistle. And it will be fun. Um, this is a big topic. Like we prepared you. I keep saying over and over again. Um, we're going to be discussing George for a while. We will probably have a few episode breaks in between. Because um, there's a few things that need to happen. And there might be a grab bag in there. Not entirely sure. Smorgasbord. I said that right this time. Oh, that's... All right. Um... Take a good old drink of this wine. So, George Washington. Um, I honestly don't think he had a middle name. Or if he did, I've just somehow missed it. Which is kind of fun. He was born on February 22nd, 1732 in Westmoreland County, Virginia. To Augustine Washington and Mary Ball Washington. He was a fourth-generation Virginian, which, holy hell, fourth-generation. George, we think of as really, like, early in our history, and he was already, his family had been there long enough for him to be the fourth generation. Okay. Um, they were a family with a semi-bad reputation of sorts, as John Washington, you know, the OG Gen 1 Washington, had been declared and given the name Town Taker by Virginian native tribes um, because he swindled these folks out of land via the law, which is typical. Colonial powers somehow using the law to fuck Native Americans. It's been going on for a long time, folks. Um, much of George's childhood, though, back to him, has been over mythologized hell we don't even know how the man felt about his father as he only left three mentions of him in his writings which are thousands upon thousands of writings we take it for granted how easy communication is and how much stuff we don't leave behind um as before the internet these folks wrote all the fucking time to each other and he only mentioned his father three times in his life. So, interesting. Uh, 
hell, though. We should be happy that we have anything at all on Washington, as the man only had a grade school education, which is also kind of interesting that you can have a grade school education at this time and go on to the tippy-toppy of society. So we know that Augustine died early on in George's life. Um, I believe he was 10. And therefore, George was mostly raised by his mother, Mary, and his older brother, Lawrence. Mary, though, at the time was an oddity as a single mother who managed her own property, Fairy Farms, which is kind of a fun name. Like, I like that's alliteration. I like that it's like, oh, we're going to take the ferry across the thing. Fairy Farms. Um, yeah, that's kind of fun to me. And Lawrence was her oldest stepson. And therefore, by Virginian law, he was the inheritor of the majority of her husband's estate. And that estate, we're going with estate, not in assets. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. Mary wisely then made sure that George was attached to Lawrence all the time. Like, just working with Lawrence, studying with Lawrence, finding out what Lawrence was doing, finding out how to run a plantation. And Lawrence seemed fine with this. Like, he drugged George all over Virginia, and one time he even took him to Barbados, where George infamously caught smallpox, which is interesting due to the fact that this is probably why our first president was only the father of our country and not of actual people, as the side effects of smallpox is being sterile. Kind of fun. Lawrence was, as a side note, the previous owner of Mount Vernon. Um, he would eventually die young, which is a theme with Washington men, of tuberculosis in 1752. So it would be thanks to Lawrence and his marriage into a prominent Fairfax family that George was able to essentially fail his way upward by securing work for the Virginian governor, Robert Dinwiddie, uh, which is a ridiculous name. Like, so many of these old colonial English types have ridiculous fucking-sounding names. As someone who has a ridiculous-sounding English name, that is just beyond me. That's neither here nor there. As the Fairfax family was highly connected... They nepotently helped George out. Um, lots of aristocrats in this story. Like, the Virginians on the Potomac are essentially little lords and little, like, third-generation fail sons from Britain. Our hero, though, was well-connected, emotionally collected, and an altogether well-put-together trust fund boy. And as Lawrence, his brother, was laying on his deathbed in 1752, George personally would write and request an adjunct general post from Governor Dinwiddie. And lo and behold, the Fairfax helped that boy out. So what we're going to do here is jump forward to 1953. George is working for the government. Lawrence is dead. No more mentorship. No more big brother, big daddy thing. And George is at the Virginia frontier, which equates to modern Ohio river country. So Ohio, Pennsylvania, 
that area. Um, and he's an essential delivery boy for Governor Dinwiddie. We know that when he was 21, George published the his exploits from being a delivery boy called the Journal of Major George Washington. The the first his and it happened to be the first historical record of the Virginia Wilds and what it was like tromping through the woods there. During these deliveries, he was tasked with taking messages to the French detailing a rebuke by the Virginia colony in regards to, to French Ohio Valley claims via the Virginia Colonial Charter. The charter was in place 60 years before the earliest French claims, but the French naturally gave zero fucks about an English charter for land claimants. The French were there. The English weren't. Plain as that. Washington delivered this to Dinwiddie and basically just fucked around the Ohio River Valley um, west of the Blue Ridge Mountains between the years of 1754 and 1759. Lots of projecting British power and fighting the French. I mean, it was the most minor theater of the Seven Years' War, people. So I want to interject here with a question. Uh, did George write much about Lawrence later on in his life at all, or do we not know much about him? Because it seems like, you know, he didn't really talk about his father often. So so from what I can gather, um, George would bring Lawrence up, but he honestly just did a writing about what was going on. He did not seem to be a very reflective man past his adulthood. It's almost like he looked at his whole childhood and was like, nah, fuck that. And when he did reflect on things, it seems that he lied a lot. Or if he didn't lie, he misremembered the truth and created new truths for himself about things he did which muddles the ground and muddles the idea and helps George control and craft his own image. Yeah, he's like the father of PR, too. Like, goddamn. Father of the country, father of PR. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like that. It really, it really is, especially when we get further on this today. Like, we'll get to some of his big PR fiascos that he deals with for the rest of his life. All right, let's talk about the year 1754. This is the year in which Washington was first given command when he was tromping around the Ohio River Valley. Um, this command would be marked by an incident called, pardon my very shit French, Jumonville Glen. So, on May 27th, a native ally reported that French troop movements um, were happening around the area that would become Pittsburgh, but at the time was known by the French Fort Duquesne. Once again, really bad at French. Sorry for those who understand French. May 28th, so the following day, Washington and his troop found 32 French soldiers. He ordered an attack. Ten Frenchmen were killed, and the rest were captured. This became an international incident. 
it ended up sparking the French Indian War. So the North American front of the Seven Years War. Holy fucking hooray. And it was probably a war crime. So that's fun. Everyone should know that this is the first war crime. And the background for the first war crime is that the French commander, Joseph Colomb de Villers, Sieur de Jumonville, that is a fucking mouthful, and his men initially exchanged shots with Washington and his men on sight. Quickly, though, they threw down their arms and attempted to explain they were on a mission very similar to Washington's delivery boy years to claim the Ohio River Valley as French from a well-thought-out argument sanctioned by their king. And while sorting through these translations, as Washington spoke almost as much French as I do, his native ally, Chief Tenacherasan, Tenacherasan, who spoke fluent French, straight up murdered de Jumonville. Like, the chief just, like, fucked up Jumonville. Um, our main source described these murders as being kicked off with Tanasharasan sinking his hatchet into Jumonville's head with very little discussion. It's a complete knockout blow. The chief's men then descended upon and attacked the rest of the and Washington apparently stood by doing fuck all nothing to prevent this or slow this slaughter. Glossing over the incident later with the governor even and mentioning it briefly to one of his brothers in a letter. He did become a British war hero, though. So good on him. Good on him. He found oh, he turned diamond out of a turd, buddy. The massacre site was quickly turned into a fort. Fort necessity. And Washington became a colonel with the death of another local colonel, Joshua Fry. These boons would soon become a negative as Washington lied to the locals about fighting in order to protect their lands, <laughs> which, damn it. Of course, the descent of town taker had this kind of nerve. Like, fuck. The local chiefs abandoned the British and went straight to the French banners in most of the Ohio River country after this they could apparently smell bullshit from the english so fort necessity was quickly reinforced by british troops but come july the french had it surrounded so on july 3rd louis colon de vier had begun sieging the fort he just happened to be the brother of jumonville by that night, a third of Fort Necessity's men would either be dead or wounded. Washington maintained that a truce was called that night and an honorable retreat brokered. These little things called facts disagree with George. This research proved that George could, in fact, tell a lie. He told a shit ton. George Kids was a hell of a liar. The British were licked. There was nothing they could do. Washington signed an article of capitulation that established the British were to blame for the incident. 
with it being referred to in the capitulation as the assassination of M. de Jumonville. Washington would later refute knowing this was in the papers. Or, even more fun, he would blame a poor translator. You know, it's that guy's fault. He actually went to his grave refusing his role in Jumonville's demise. Man, uh, I'm just going to interject and say I think we need, like, a war crime counter. Uh, And just, you know, like, just, like, keep track of all the war crimes that are being committed and uh, add them all up at the end because, I mean, we're up to two right now, I feel like. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, that's not even counting, like, how we want to discuss, like, the ability of crime uh, what do we want to talk about? Human trafficking, because technically, as slave owners, there was human trafficking done. I mean, he could have a successful career in Congress after this. He could be like that dude in Florida, perfect at it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I need to apologize to the public again. I am very bad at pronouncing French. Um, we tried to mitigate that. After this episode and realizing how bad I was at French, I was worse than we anticipated. Um, I apologize. <laughs> French is not my strong suit. The British, though, going back, left Fort Necessity and the area completely on July 4th. Kind of fun. Utterly defeated. Governor Sharp of Maryland referred to Washington as dangerous after this. While the French declared to all that would listen that Washington was a dishonest villain. Also kind of fun. Politically, though, Dinwiddie and the Fairfax clan smoothed things over for George back in Washington. So, kind of good. Yet, though, Washington still resigned from his post November 54. While one may believe that it was due to the massive failure of his military career um we can actually safely assume that washington after citing regulations hampering the promotions of colonists probably resigned for greed (laughs) so february jumping forward of the next year, 1755, two regiments of British British regulars would be sent to the mainland as the French Indian War, as we call it, had begun. These regulars would be under General Edward Braddock, and he would assume command over all British North America. Braddock did not quite understand, though, the ways of war in the rugged new war. And around the same time, G-dubs begins renting Mount Vernon from Lawrence's widow. Sitting and plotting, should I go back to service or not? In March of 1755, the question was answered. Washington broke down and contacted Braddock's chief of staff about returning to service. And by May of 1755, he had joined the growing camp of Braddock's North American recruits. Braddock quickly faced logistical issues and his campaign against the French ground to a halt on his way to siege Fort 
fort I can't say the word because I'm really bad at French and I've already forgotten Duquesne. Okay. Um, Braddock quickly faced logistical issues and his campaign against the French ground to a halt on his way to see Fort Duquesne. Uh, which um, I just want to say Pittsburgh at this point. Native Americans quickly bushwhacked the fuck out of this advance as it ground further and further. And G-Dubs convinced to send 1,200 troops ahead speedily to begin the siege against Duquesne. Um, fun fact, though. George had hemorrhoids this whole venture. Apparently, George had hemorrhoids a few times fucking miserable on a horse like i don't like riding a horse normally without something being wrong with my butt so damn kind of good on you george i'm giving <laughs> you know maybe maybe like that's why he was doing war crimes just because he was just in so much pain from the hemorrhoids and he was just like i can't stop war crime it's the only thing that gives me relief <laughs> It's like, the only way to keep the pain off my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Preparation H wasn't around, so he just had to war crime. It solves the problems. <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like, you know, if you just don't want, like, the whole medication route, you could just war crime. And I, we should just market this on TV. No big deal. <laughs> I would make a whole commercial about it. War crimes. Is it for you? Please act and consult with a physician today. Yeah. You know, ask the U.S. government if it's okay. Uh, and there, there's a whole place in the Middle East for you. No, get rid of your heads or at least avoid it them. Is, it is quite literally a sandbox for you to play in. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Okay, let's move on after that fun little interlude. <laughs> so Braddock decided that even though he was being bushwhacked and he was being ground to a halt, he would still fight the French in the New World like it was a European war, with the first engagement being July 9th, 1755. Um, it ended in a way that we call poor, very poor was wounded the outlook outlook wasn't good at all um oh fun fact daniel boone was here so kind of fun daniel boone first big name besides george that shows up that we all might know um anyhow though washington had to rally the troops of 1300 and 900 of those became casualties which that refers to both dead and wounded like when folks here casually they usually think of dead but it actually refers to just out of commission troops so 900 were out of commission and remember though he was in charge only because he was a war hero mind you only 23 french and indians were killed at this site 16 were wounded our war hero with all the great credentials did that when 900 of his people were out of out of commission fun oh and three days later folks braddock died just fucking died here 
So, yeah, it went pretty poorly. So, so I just want to, like, uh, chime in here and say, uh, out of all those troops, that is 69%. Nice. Uh, they were casualties. So, just I just, you know, did the math on that. That's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if yeah, you got to die like that, you you might as well have a meme. Like, a memeable number. Yeah, no, I mean... That's just Jesus Christ. Like, what? We'll round it up to 70, but 7 out of 10 motherfuckers there died or got hurt. That is insane. Yeah, and that's fun. In this area, though, it, be- it became known as the Massacre of Monogahela. Monogahela. Hard name to say. Fun. And after it, though, Washington became to believe that European tactics absolutely would not work in the Americas and would fight with anyone who disagreed with him for the rest of his life. I think that's a good thing about him deciding that, yes, I made a mistake. We all made mistakes. We're never making this mistake again. Good on him for learning and growing as a person, I guess. (laughs) Um, Lesson learned. Washington came out the hero, though, so that's kind of fun. A hero showing courage in the face of a lost cause, which, great. A lost cause, a Virginian. That that's not gonna come back to bite Americans again. Ever. Um, by August, probably due to Mono Monongahela, Washington became the commander of the Virginia reg- Regiment, which he basically crafted by himself into something with a structure. Because it was just like a bunch of dudes drinking beer with muskets. And all of a sudden, G-Dub shows up and be like, let's make this into an actual military thing, boys. The Virginians were attempting to emulate the French and recruit Native Americans as allies for these units. But that didn't work out so well for them. They weren't very good at relations with the Native peoples. (laughs) This unit, though, would quickly become known as the Virginia Blues. As the officers wore blue coats with scarlet cuffs and silver trim, which sounds snazzy. And George designed these outfits himself, which we'll have to find a picture and put it up on Twitter. I've seen it. They look dashing. Um, Washington made the Virginia Regiment into a better Continental soldier, yet received less pay and benefits than average regulars. He also made the unit as a whole very detailed and paperwork-oriented, running it much like his own business. Much like his personal business, though, punishment was harsh. Drunkenness or lewd behavior were up to a thousand fucking lashes. And desertion could be a hanging. And we know that this was actually carried out once, you know, to show a good example. We're going to make some man hang. And I guess it worked. <laughs> Yet, while George was beginning to understand military power, you know, how to use a unit, how to craft a unit, how to make them better and not get them killed, George was also beginning to utilize civilian powers. And much like a Game of Thrones character, was quite good at using these soft powers. The first major use of these were the spreading of little rumors against George Dinwiddie, 
higher pay, more troops, and more money thrown at fort construction. He utilized representatives in Virginia's legislature to achieve these goals. Obviously, a relationship based on this level of trust um, eventually had to collapse. And for these two men, that occurred in 1757. Dinwiddie and Washington had been bickering a lot. Historians have also suggested that Washington was quite thin-skinned to criticism, so he probably didn't take this bickering well. And the final straw was probably a natural fuck that guy from Dinwiddie as Washington spent his last year oh, of them being frenemies playing politics, and quite well to be told, um, behind Dinwiddie's back. Then lying to his face about it, because, you know, the man could tell a fucking lie. We start to see during the French and Indian War that Washington had begun openly liking the aristocratic power structures within British hierarchies in Virginian society, which is interesting as he was a part of that Virginia society. This led to issues, though, with leaders of the Continental military, but he would still attach himself to further new leaders, such as General John Forbes, Braddock's replacement. This would be during the April of 1758, and was due to the fact that Forbes was soon setting out to take Fort Duquesne, you know, Pittsburgh. Um, Forbes, though, was a bit smarter than his predecessors and took advice from locals and hired Cherokee scout units, which must a lot actually having folks who could go through the woods about tromping through like a big dumb European army. He also, interestingly enough, adapted the French regiment's blue dress. So, yeah, I guess Washington made his point with his snazzy little outfits there. Furthermore, he adapted Virginian war tactics for all of continental North Americans. You know, they used flanking, advancing through trees, and not dying in a fucking open field like a moron. All right, so we're going to take it easy this time, I and we're going to stop right here. We'll come back next week and start discussing oh more on we'll discuss the rest of French and conflict or war whatever you want to call it we'll discuss a lot of Washington's personal life between the French and Indian Wars and the revolution and the lead up to the revolution and hopefully we will get to the beginning of the revolution next week that was it um, I know it's a different form. Hopefully we all enjoy doing it and hopefully any human being out there finds it a worthwhile listen to. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have a more nuanced and straightforward look, uh, at a topic. Cause you know, this is your baby. You've been working on this for months and hopefully I'll never uh, I won't have as much time. It took a lot for me to restart and I've gotten like really quick at it again. But the first month there was rough, you know, like figuring out, okay, how do I do notes again properly that aren't stupid? So yeah, no, I'd like definitely. I'm going to do my fair share of this because I have 
probably going to turn my farm workers project that I'm doing on the farm workers movement into an episode. So that'll be solo me. So that'll be fun. I would love to hear that come come May, because man, like nothing would fill me more joy than like learning about the farm workers movement. I only know very little about Cesar Chavez and like the folks behind him. So I know he yeah. was just like the face. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Not to, you know, uh, hype it up, but, uh, you know, I got to brag a little. I had to give a midterm presentation on it, and I did get an A on that, so, you know. Hey, you got to pat your own back, sir, when you get an A on something. Yeah, 75 out of 75. That's good. All right, let's wrap this boy up. Um, I have been Whiskey. Find me at Whiskey is a Doll at Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I've been Bravo. You can find me at, at not Bravo Delta. Uh, you can find the show at, at yo, what the hell PD on Twitter. Uh, you can email us, email us for some stickers at yo, what the hell pod at gmail.com. And I have been recording this from land that originally belonged to, and probably still does in some way, uh, the Arapaho, the Cheyenne, the Ute, and the Sioux. I have been recording from land that originally belonged to the Kiowa and the Kickapoo. I think that's what you have. Sweet. Did he freeze? I think yeah, he froze. I, I, I think I think he's gone to PS2 world. <laughs> mm. Well, this is staying in. It's fine. <laughs> well, he left oh, no. on that note <laughs> and on that note I think uh, oh, that, there he is there he is he's muted though so he can't he, he, you, you can't hear him all this is staying Josh I do any of this oh and here I was just about to do your part for you <laughs> yeah What happened? Where did it freeze at? Because I think I did my whole part, and I said goodbye, and then it kicked me off. And then it okay. flipped you guys. Like, you guys were on the other sides, and now your faces are on. Man, this is some technical difficulties today. Damn, I'm sorry, people. Um, yeah, where did it cut me? It's it's doing it again. So You've we should probably again, just... Yeah. We should probably just end this bad boy. But uh, yeah, I've been Bravo, and uh, our uh, our uh, <laughs> yeah, just goodbye, just, everyone. Uh, goodbye.